and currently in Roanoke, 34 degrees. That's at the uh, the Roanoke Blacksburg Regional Airport. Mm-hmm. In Lynchburg, we have 31 degrees. Uh, the South Side, that's been the warmer spot, if right. you can call it that. Uh, 33 degrees. Okay. There. Friday funnies. Single women, single women come home, they look in the fridge, boom, they go right to the bed. Married women, they come home, they look in the bed, they go right to the fridge. I'm a married guy, I got the one ring that binds the wall. Uh, and I've been married for a while. Uh, my lovely wife Kathleen and I just celebrated our 36th wedding anniversary. How about that? Not bad for showbiz marriage. You know how we lasted 36 years? <laughs> I've only been home for six of them. <laughs> She's, uh, she scares me. No, she's, she's half Irish, half Sicilian. I'm lucky I'm still oh. alive. <laughs> you are. Doesn't take any crap from me. I remember once I was yelling at her in the car. I was getting pulled over, right? And I'm yelling at her, right? Like it's her fault I'm getting pulled over. Police officer goes up to my wife. He goes, ma'am, does he always speak to you this way? She didn't miss a beat. She goes, only when he's drinking. Touche. <gasps> oh. oh. She's my hero. That's one sharp, quick-thinking lady yeah, right there. that's right. I like it. <laughs> Sir, would you step out of the car? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Could you blow into this? Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, man. I'd rather inhale it. But I have to tell you, sometimes the police officers don't appreciate our humor. Well, I know. Ask I know. me how I know. I, well, how, do you, how do you know? I'm just saying. <laughs> so, um... All right, you know I'm a true crime lover. Oh, I know. I, we I, talk I about love that it. occasionally. Yeah, uh, <laughs> every hour. <laughs> my my favorite, uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Criminal. Criminal. Uh, Phoebe okay. Judge does it. She Phoebe actually Judge. works for an uh, NPR station out of North Carolina. Oh, okay, yeah. And she's she's very good. She's a very very good storyteller. Right. So one of my favorite ones, and pro- arguably one of her most popular shows that she's ever done was simply called 48 hours and it was a two-parter okay now there she's playing it again because netflix is doing the same story it's a, a mini series and it's called american nightmare <laughs> Jeez, and wow. i don't know if you're familiar with this story or not you'll know pre- you'll be able to tell me pretty quickly if mm-hmm. you are uh it, it's the the true story from 2015 okay about a woman named Denise Huskins and Aaron Quinn, who's now her husband. Okay. And they were, she and Aaron started dating pretty quickly after he was dating somebody else that apparently favored her and and looks. They kind of looked familiar. Um, They had these men come into their home Mm -hmm. and they basically had a home invasion okay Okay. woke them up in the middle of the night right tied them up put blacked out swim goggles on their eyes put headphones on their uh, on their ears oh so they couldn't Uh, these guys thought it through yeah i'm sorry i called them guys i don't Uh, know if there are any women in this group canceled sorry canceled again um but they they put the headphones on them and it's like playing this wind chimey music and giving them instructions very weird yeah it was very very weird bizarre yeah uh then they discovered they had the wrong person they thought she was the other girlfriend 
because they were going to apparently she had money and they were ah. going to come and they were going to steal her money and sure, all this sure. stuff. So they they figured out pretty quickly. It was the wrong house then? No, not the wrong house. Oh. It was that they knew his name. Okay. So they knew Aaron's name. Right. But it was the wrong woman. And they're like, oh, and they're like, like, does she look like your old girlfriend? And he's oh, like, okay. yes. I see what you're going. And yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah. okay, we've made a mistake, but we don't know what we're going to do yet. Anyway, long story short, they end up kidnapping this girl. So we're going to keep her for 24 hours. We've put a, a, a camera yep. in. You have to stay in the living room. Um, you know, you're supposed to transfer this much money. They knew how much money was in his bank account. Wow. They gave him instructions on how to, to turn in his stuff at work. It was very detailed, yes. very detailed. So they, they knew. Yeah. So his brother is an FBI mm-hmm. agent. So he wouldn't take a chance at calling 911. He was afraid they were killer. He calls the FBI agent. He's like, you got to call the police. He calls the police. It goes infinitely worse. Okay. I mean, it's an, it really is a nightmare because of the way the police treated him. Okay. Because they basically, from the very beginning, said, you're a liar. You're mm. lying. This is a ridiculous story. Nobody's going to believe this story. And they compared it to Gone Girl, the movie Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Um, where where she faked her, her death oh. and d- did the whole thing with right. the guy. Anyway, um, so now Netflix is doing an American Nightmare, which is also about this and apparently it's it's gone over very well but i mean they they are suing the police department sure. and i mean it it really is a nightmare yeah. if you're a fan of true crime you might want to check out phoebe's podcast first okay criminal right and listen to 48 hours and then go and watch netflix american nightmare because it is scary mm-hmm. that that can happen in this country yeah Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. imagine absolutely. Kara's been kidnapped. She's in the trunk of a car somewhere. You've mm-hmm. taken a risk of reaching out to the police, and they're wasting days. Oh yeah, saying you did this. Very important. Not even trying to find her. Hmm. I mean, it's it's bad. It it's really not. It, it's it's a a scary story. Now, hopefully, police departments around the country have have learned it. But I do get it. It, it does sound very weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're wearing wetsuits and they put swimmed out, uh, blacked out swim goggles on you. Oh, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But he said from the very beginning he knew they weren't taking it seriously. Yeah. Because they came in accusatory. They, they ripped the camera out without even, you know, they didn't have gloves on or anything. Didn't treat it like a crime scene. It, it's scary when yeah. you think about it. Uh, but it's a three-part docuseries if, if you're a fan of true crime like I am. You might want to might want to check that one out. And here's something local you might want to check out, okay. too. I think this is pretty cool. I, I don't know that you would think it's cool, but I think it's cool. Uh, it's an event coming up in March at Old City Cemetery, one of my most favorite places on Earth. And it's called Strange and Mysterious Deaths Talk and Tour. Yeah. That's what the whole... Tra- and you would not believe the number of people... Who are interested in it? Like hundreds oh, of people yeah. mm-hmm. are already uh, interested in it. This is how it describes it. Okay, landslides, soda machine explosions, community disasters, and body snatchers. No shortage of strange stories to tell here at Lynchburg's oldest cemetery. Mm-hmm. Um, go on this gravesite tour. Hear stories of the final moments of some of our residents, from the tragic to the catastrophic to the downright bizarre. If you've been on the tour before, you'll hear some tales you've heard before and some new stories you won't soon forget. So they're not hmm. just doing storytelling around Halloween now. Uh, well, I think it's been such a huge success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because it because it is inter- it's an interesting way to learn history. I mean, it's very cool. I think hmm. I like it. Yeah. So it's coming up on March the 9th, um, and you can find out more if you're on Facebook. They've got um, they have a, an event built up. Uh, March the 9th starts at 10 a.m. Being Strange warned, huh? and mysterious deaths. Talking to her. Being warned. What about? Watch those pronouns. Not guys. Oh. Those are persons of crime. Oh. Oh. Okay. Persons of crime. So they're talking to me. Yes. I should be calling it. Not guys. Persons of crime. It's more generic. Oh. Did I say guys? <laughs> yeah. I think probably. You did. I think you did. Yeah. I probably did. Oh, if, if I said if you guys want to see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you persons of crime, that doesn't work for me. Well. That's not going to work. Well, it doesn't work, but that doesn't matter. I mean, finally, yeah, I fit in with a, a a dysfunctional grammar scenario. Finally, <laughs> finally, okay, I make sense. Finally, thank you. <laughs> oh my goodness! Hey, we'll be back with uh, some more Friday funnies. Also, one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is how sometimes our our efforts to save the world, mm-hmm. to save the the Earth, backfire on us. Right. Yeah, we've seen it usually does. historically. We saw it with the whole straws things. We right, had to right. get rid of paper straws mm-hmm. and get plastic straws. We had to get rid of paper bags and mm-hmm. get plastic bags. That's all been a disaster. Now we're dealing with that. You know, you couldn't get water out of a faucet anymore. You got to have water bottles. Um, mm-hmm. Now there is a, a new problem. Thank you, New York Mayor Eric Adams. Jeez. Oh, We'll talk about it when okay. we come back right. from Sounds break. Good. It's uh, didn't eight, go as he planned. Eight sixteen here on the morning jam. The morning jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. I was getting pulled over, right? And I'm yelling at her, right? Like it's her fault I'm getting pulled over. Police officer goes up to my wife. He goes, ma'am, does he always speak to you this way? She didn't miss a beat. She goes, only when he's drinking. That's, that's my girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, uh, she wants me to watch TV with her. She's wanted me, she watched that movie. She wanted me to watch Eat, Pray, Love. Yeah, you know that's written by a woman. <laughs> if it was written by a man, drink, smoke, fart. <laughs> She's pretty cool. I don't cheat on her. I do not cheat, and I'll tell you why. I sleep with a CPAP machine. <laughs> yeah, if you could find a woman willing to lie next to you in sexy lingerie while you have a vacuum cleaner hose attached to your face looking like you're on life support, you don't want to screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's right. Yeah, yep. for sure. Of course, you don't want to screw that up anyway. No, you don't. Keep this is together. the second time we've played this song this week. I know, because it's all a disaster. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> hey, it's the future. Oh, Just well, yeah. ask this administration. Well, we saw the future this week. Frozen cars couldn't 
charge and uh -huh. you were actually damaging the battery if you charged it. Right. It was great. Yeah. It doesn't like heat, doesn't like salty environments, doesn't like cold. I mean, it's just, if it's well, sunny in 72, you're fine. <laughs> doesn't like salty environments. Right. You have to hook For up sure. with Delmont there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe so. Uh, now, it's not just the cars that are causing problems. Oh, boy. E-bikes are causing record deaths in New York City. Really? They're pretty popular, too, especially in the cities. Look, they have been pushing the e-bike things mm -hmm. for forever. Yeah. Um, the the uh, New York City leaders, led by Eric Adams, mm -hmm. um, has been pushing this for a while. E-bikes sparked 267 fires, which caused 18 deaths and 150 injuries in the city. That according to New York Fire Department data. Okay. The figures represent the highest levels of each statistic with e-bike related deaths increasing 200%. Fires increasing 21% and injuries increasing 2% in the city year over year. Um, the New York Mayor Eric Adams said during an event on e-bike safety last year, as we rely more and more on micro-mobility vehicles, <laughs> that's a scooter to you and me. Uh, it doesn't sound as much of a loser, though, right, does right. it? No, it doesn't. It, yeah. It, so what kind of car do you drive? Well, I, I use my micro-mobility vehicle. <laughs> How big is it? Because micro usually means small. Oh, Lord. <laughs> um, so he said... Uh, as we rely more on micromobility uh, vehicles to earn a living on our daily lives, we increase the risk of fires caused by lithium-ion right. batteries. Right. And as mentioned, we've had over 100 deaths in the city alone with these batteries. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what he admitted to. Right. And one of the problems we've noticed when you look at these taped-up batteries, you see that they're refurbished. Well, oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. Um, these shops are going inside attempting to refurbish the batteries and do it their way. Oh, so that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. You know why? Because no one can freaking afford a battery, Eric. Uh, yeah, well. Your e-bike all of a sudden is the cost of a, of a small car. Right. And your battery replacement is, I mean, probably a, half of the cost of the bike. I was mm -hmm. like, what? I was just thinking the other day, remember the bus story we did of the cities that got the electric oh, buses yeah. and they're sitting there and they're they're like cannibalizing two of them to make one to still make work. one work. Yeah. And they're just there. They're, and, and then I think some people actually like are moving into the buses. Probably squatting because right. it's warmer than staying outside. Now it gets better. OK. Amid the uptick of the fires and deaths. Right. New York City leaders led by Eric Adams. Mm -hmm. And the FYNY commissioner, Laura Kavanaugh, mm -hmm. uh, who said last year that e-bikes are incredibly dangerous devices and called for additional regulation. Of sure. course, that's the sure, answer. Sure. Have spearheaded a public education campaign. That's about what I love the about government. When it gets out of control, well, now we got to regulate it. Yeah, got to regulate it. we have it. to be able to control it. Yeah. Uh, and, and then now... Um, that he's launched the city's charge safe ride safe plan <laughs> to to prevent further harmful e-bike incidents then he announced the city have been awarded a 25 million dollars in our taxpayer money wow. to install more e-biking charging stations sure sure yeah 
It's a great idea. Wait until I figure Let's out a way to... Let's throw good money after bad. Carry my microwave around from charging station to charging station so I have something warm to eat. Right. <laughs> look at the uh, look at the graveyard of, oh of charred e-bikes and mopeds. Holy cow. Yep. It battery looks exploded. like a bomb came through there. Yep. It, well, it, the battery exploded and yeah. burned down the store. Wow. So, I mean, you just... We see this stuff all the time, and we learn absolutely nothing. The idiots here right. in the Commonwealth did they did they push back all those no. ties we had to no, the they green just, energy? They just stuff? made sure we're staying with it. Double down, double down, and, and mm, keeping yeah. us tethered no, I'm not to California. Do today what I did yesterday, good I'm, job. I, I said I'm going to back off. So, so we're, we're gonna... learning nothing, but that's why you better be speaking out to your representatives, right. folks, and right they're forcing there. it down and learning. Exactly. You're on the morning jam. Good morning. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Janet. Hi, Trucker Bob. How y'all doing this morning? We're doing hanging well. in there. What's up on the street? I got a, I got a, I got a true crime story for you. Janet. Oh boy. Ooh, I'm ready. Let me get my pen. We, uh, we lived in uh, Florida back in the late '80s, and we went to a church down there. It was a, a nice family there. Mm. Uh, they were older than us at the time. Right. Still are, I guess. Well, maybe they're not, because he passed away. After we'd moved up to here to Virginia, mm-hmm. and then my wife's watching TV one night, and she sees her face on the TV. Oh, and evidently, some dude from California came and wooed her, married her, took her to California, and murdered her. Oh my gosh! Wow! Oh, oh, no. So they looked, in, they looked into his first wife's death. Because he oh, got quite a bit of money from her. There's a pattern here. So I can't remember the story. And I can't remember the names, but mm. there's a true crime for you. Wow. A, a Friday funny there, a police officer had uh, pulled up beside a car that was, was in a little bit of an embankment of snow. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's upright, mobile, you know, and all that. And he walks up to the window, and the guy's about half asleep. So he knocks on the door and a window, and the guy looks at him and steps on the gas. But he's not going anywhere because he's hung up on top of the snow. Right. <laughs> and his tires are spinning. So this officer, with a sense of humor... Starts jogging in place along beside the <laughs> like he's really moving. He keeps knocking, on, keeps knocking on the window, and every time he did, the guy would step on the fuel more. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> he just stopped the motor, rolled the window down, put his hands out. He's all right. You got me. Oh Jeez. my word! He didn't realize he got pulled over by the six million dollar cop. That is so funny. to the wind, not to say the least. Oh wow, that's oh, so funny. They got DWI on top of all that. That sounds like a... Uh, eluding, trying to elude a police officer. <laughs> <laughs> While sitting still. <laughs> Love it. That's something that could play well in a movie, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, then, for and, sure. And then you get out and make them do the, you know, do the test. Oh, that's funny. Where he funny. puts his finger on his nose and walks a straight line. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah, yeah, I like it. <laughs> that's funny. Thank you. Have a good weekend, Trucker Bob. <laughs> So um, here we are. Yeah, we are. We are here in in the uh, in the winter season, mm-hmm. and it, it would seem that there are you know quite a few things that we enjoy in the summertime, right? That are you know really good for us, mm-hmm. and but it's a little bit harder in the winter time to get fresh vegetables that that are super good for you and really nutritious. Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have a tendency to lean into those root vegetables, you right. know, potatoes, carrots, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading an article about some odd winter vegetables that are super good for you, 
and they have a lot of vitamins All in right. them. Talk to me. I want to, and I want to know if you, if you eat, if you eat these, if you like them. Uh, at the top of the list is rutabagas. I don't think I've ever had a rutabaga before. They're sweeter than uh, its turnip cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, creamier when cooked, okay. they say. Uh, in their raw state, they're more yellow. And it's nutrition-packed with uh, fiber, vitamin A, vitamin C, and potassium. Says uh, when you buy rutabagas in a grocery store, they're often coated with a wax exterior to increase their shelf life. So you got to make sure you peel all that away before cooking. Uh, choose softball size with smooth skin, no cuts or cracks. And they'll keep for months in the fridge or in a cool, dark place. They can be served mashed or okay. roasted. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Romanesco. Now, I've seen this and I think it looks really interesting. It kind of looks like a spiky broccoli. Okay. But it tastes more like cauliflower. And it's packed with nutrients like vitamin C, vitamin K, folic acid, potassium, and fiber. Okay. So that might be a good one. Have you ever had that one? No. No. It's I think I, it's very beautiful. Something new. I like it. Uh, uh, celeriac root, which mm-hmm. I've had, and it's delicious. Right. Um, it's in the celery family. Mm-hmm. It... Um, Packs a healthy punch of vitamin K, vitamin C, and fiber. Okay. Choose grapefruit size pieces. Jerusalem artichokes, I've had those okay. before. Those are delicious. Parsnips, I'm not a fan of, but some people do like them. And apparently they have uh, vitamin C, vitamin K, and a lot of fiber as well. Uh, kohlrabi, which is like a, a broccoli-like, but it's more of the crunchy stuff. Great in stir fries. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C, B, and uh, and fiber. And kabucha squash, which is a winter squash. Okay. And it has a lot of vitamin C and potassium, but a lot of your winter squashes have that. Right. So, you know, try to work some of those things into your mm-hmm. into your diet. Go check out and see what winter... And, and don't just dismiss them. They might be a lot better than you think. Right, right. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Exactly. We got WDBJ7 on the way. Going to check that out. And uh, we'll also take a look at your forecast, which uh, could get a little chilly over the weekend. We'll have all that coming up. And currently in Lynchburg this morning, we have 31 degrees. We've been there for a little while now. Danville's up to 34 degrees. And in Roanoke, it's 32 degrees at the Roanoke Blacksburg Regional Airport. 8.35 on the Morning Jam. Joining us on the line right now, Devin Taylor. He's with Campers Care. We've had him on the air before. He is a ministry based out of the South Side, Danville area. They meet uh, the need. uh, Actually, they're in Gretna. They meet the needs of folks that are going through difficult times. For a variety of reasons. Yeah, they could lose their house to fire. It could be a tornado or whatever. But uh, they have an event that begins today and runs through tomorrow. We wanted to get Devin a chance to talk about that. Good morning. Hey, Mark, Janet, how are y'all this morning? We're doing well. So what's shaking, uh, you know, with you guys down there at Campers Care? Well, Mark, uh, Janet, we're trying to um, raise, well, some funds uh, to uh, to keep the ministry going strong in 2024. We're trying to get out to a good start. Uh, the Lord always directs us to, to be prepared and prepare ourselves. And uh, and that's what we're doing. We, we had a... 
a uh, very historic year in 2023, responded to uh, a lot of responses and, and disasters, not only natural disasters, but also uh, house fires and things of that nature. But, you know, even in December, we responded to uh, tornadoes that you just typically don't hear a lot about in that time of year. And we went to Clarksville, Tennessee, um, Horry County, South Carolina, just a lot of different places. And at a time of the year that, that typically uh, disaster relief ministries are, are not responding, but we, ha- we we got the call from the Lord. The Lord said go, and we went. But we have depleted uh, a lot of our supplies that we use to stock our campers. Every camper we have um, is out. We've got one back that needs some repairs to, to start out and to be able to be sent to the next family. But right now what we're doing today and tomorrow is we're collecting canned goods and paper products, things of that nature, at the Napa store parking lot in Gretna. Um, they're going today from, from now to about one and then tomorrow, uh, the same time, uh, we're just trying to restock those shelves. We've depleted everything we had. Um, so we're just asking the public if they, if they thawed out some this morning and, and while they're out and about getting some groceries and, and things of that nature, if they want to just drop by some canned goods or paper products, uh, we'll be more than happy to meet them and, and there's the Napa store, talk with them, uh, share some stories, but you can learn a lot at camperscare.org. Follow us on Facebook. Um, and if you can't get out today, we certainly would, uh, would love to uh, talk to you about ways that you can help in the future. Now, you guys uh, need some personal hygiene products and bedding as well, right? Yeah, because every camper we send out, Mark, you know, we always put in new sheets and, and bedding and right. things of that nature. Um, always change all of that stuff out, towels. Um, things things like that. But like I said, some folks said, you know, they can't get out at short notice. Um, you always go to our website, uh, make a donation. It's tax deductible. We're a 501c3 um, ministry. So like I said, it, it's very, a lot of ways you can get involved and, and help us and, and also talk to us about volunteering to go on some of these trips. I tell you, we just receive a blessing every time we go, Mark. So when people um, are are gathering things for you, are there are there particular things that I mean? You mentioned canned goods, and you mentioned um, you know paper products and things like that. Are there specific canned goods? I mean, like a peanut butter, for example, or you know things that have like protein. Are are there things that are are more useful than than others? You know, Dan, it's hard to say. We 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 receive a wide variety of stuff. And it's so funny how the Lord works in those situations. We had someone one time donate some sleepy tea, and uh, <laughs> we we got a box of sleepy tea, and and we didn't even know what we would do with it. sleepy tea. <laughs> we put that in a camper. We we put that in a camper one time, and uh, I'll never forget it. The the couple that received the camper opened it up, and that was they said, "Oh, we love sleepy tea. We can't believe it." <laughs> and uh, this, one of our last trips, someone donated. Um, uh, some MREs, meals ready to eat, mm-hmm. and uh, so we were able to we were able to take some of those down to um, Clarksville, Tennessee, where you know it was no one in that neighborhood had any power whatsoever to okay. eat any food. Um, and and you know MREs are they're already uh, they you heat them in their own box, you don't have to have electricity. So we just kind of let the Lord direct the folks, um, and it's one of those things where you know if it's if it's non perishable and and it can last, you know, the shelf life is, you know, six months or so. 
um, we, we'll put them in a camper and, you know, we just kind of let the Lord direct their paths and our paths. And, and I tell you, it just always works. Cause when, when he's in it, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. wherever he leads, he feeds, wherever he leads, he feeds. And that just, mm. it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing to watch. It's, it it's really good to put yourself in the, in the place of the person that you're donating for yeah. though, you know, try to imagine yourself in that situation and then what would you like to see mm-hmm. when you opened up a box like that i've done some food drives uh, i've done them at school sometimes where you can tell people are going through their cabinet and they're just picking out the stuff they don't want anymore right. well you're getting things donated like hominy yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> you, you, yeah. you know you know they're probably just trying to clean out their pantry we could do better than that oh, absolutely. Uh, so maybe put yourself we, in their position you know you know, Janet, we told some of our, our folks who, uh, we back in March when we responded to Amory, Mississippi, and you all interviewed us, you know, we had a, a big drive in, and um, you know, we, we collected a lot of items. But, you know, we collected comforters and sheets that were new, of course. And, um, you know, this past Christmas, uh, when we got back from Clarksville, Tennessee, uh, just a few days before Christmas, I reminded our, our volunteers and, and our donors and those that we had contact information by way of email, you know, as cold as it was right around that time, um, someone somewhere was wrapped up in a comforter or a sheet, uh, staying warm over Christmas in a camper mm-hmm. uh, that was donated by somebody back here in Virginia. And, um, you know, just, we may not never know that here on, on earth, but you know, someday when we all get together in glory. Yep. Uh, someone's going to walk up to somebody on the street and say, Hey, I stayed warm because of you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and it's just, uh, it's amazing, Mark and Janet, to, to know that in the back of your mind sure. and know that we have that promise. Hey, one last thing before we let you go, Devin, let's say, um, I've got a trailer and it's been sitting for five years. I'm not doing anything with it. And, uh, it's a fifth wheel or it's a standard, you know, pull behind trailer. Either one of those uh, would be greatly appreciated because you guys can take them and refurbish them and get them ready uh, because this is what you do. If there's anybody out there that fits that bill, what should they do to say, you know what, I'm thinking about donating it, you know, and they'll get a tax write-off and all that kind of stuff. What does that look like? And and try to give it to us here in uh, 60 seconds or so. Yeah, it's pretty simple, Mark. You just can go on our website um, or you can go to our Facebook page. We'll come get it. Uh, we'll give you a tax. Uh, we'll give you a letter for, you know, you and your, your CPA can determine how much it's worth to you, right. obviously. But uh, we'll, we'll give you a letter of donation, and uh, we'll take that camper. And if, if we can remodel it, refurbish it, and get it ready uh, safely where someone can, can live in it temporarily, then we'll certainly do that. If not, I'll, be, I'll tell you, Mark, we've had instances where people said, I hate it to even call you to come get this camper because it's in such bad shape. But what they didn't realize was there's a lot of parts on those campers that that we can part out and use when right. other things break on other campers, mm-hmm. like like the water heater, for sure. Instance. So uh, so don't don't sit back don't and assume. say, yeah. yeah, that old thing is rough. I don't want to give it away. So yeah, absolutely, that's the way they can uh, get in touch with us is through our website or uh, Campers Care LLC on on Facebook is is another good way as well. All right, buddy. One more time with your website, camperscare.org, right? All one word. Camperscare.org. Also on Facebook. And then, like I said, they can come on out this day in Gretna. We're going to be doing another event in February. Hopefully, we'll be cooking some stew and uh, maybe have some uh, some cathead biscuits with some morning jam oh on the morning. Holy cow. Sounds good. Well, Devin, as always, thank you for what you do. 
Jan and I'll be back. It's 844 here on our Friday edition of The Morning Jam. The Morning Jam with Janet Rose and Mark Lamb. Friday edition. Have I ever told you, I think I have on the air, when I do cleanup, I have two playlists. One of them is a group of Eagle songs. Okay. And the other is the playing. like when you're doing chores? Yeah, when I'm doing chores after my gigs. Okay. I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll wrap my equipment up to either these Eagle songs or a, a list of the songs off of Abbey Road that were connected to each other. And of course, that particular song right there was was part of the Abbey Road towards the end of the album. It just, I do it for two reasons. I just love the way they threaded those songs all together. And it's a way, in my mind, that I sort of honor my brothers because sure. they turned me on to the Beatles. The Eagles, I cannot credit them with that. Right. I discovered the Eagles on my own. Yeah, because that was more your era. Yeah, more, more of my era. So, uh, anyways, the Beatles here on the Morning Jam. So, yesterday um, in the afternoon, I, I, w- I was reading. Mm-hmm. I've, I've taken, uh, I've made special point in 2024 and i'd already started this uh just turning all tv all social media turning everything off right and picking up a book and reading it right now when i'm reading i do play music while i'm reading okay okay but it has to be a very specific kind of music so my husband comes up from the basement and said what are you listening to (laughs) And I was like, this would be the soundtrack from the Thornbirds. Oh, wow. And if you had been here earlier, you would have heard the soundtrack of Lonesome Dove. Okay. Or it, I, I love listening yeah. to, to instrumental things okay. when, I'm, when I'm reading a book. It's almost like a movie when you've got that kind okay. of music yeah. playing while you're reading mm-hmm. uh, a book. I cannot listen to music that has lyrics right, and things. Right, because it- it messes with your brain. Well, I'll just start singing. Right, right. I'll just get so taken yeah. by the, because I have two loves. I love to read and I love storytelling, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I also love music. But probably if my brain's going to be drawn to one more than the other, it's going to be the music. Right. Part of it. Sure, so, I understand. And I, it, even in, in school, I couldn't study with any music that had lyrics or anything to it. Right. Or it can't be too catchy. Because if it's too catchy, then I'll write lyrics to it. So that's another problem. I don't know if other people do that or not, but I have to be very specific. Yeah. Um, with things so like, what about songs? But it was funny when he came up and goes, what are you listening to? Right. Clearly it's the Thornbirds. Can't you tell? Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that a lot of men would recognize the uh I would not. The, the theme. You know, I, I, unless it was the very specific, you know, that one. And I watched the theme. Thornbirds. My mom loved the Thornbirds. Birds. Birds, whatever. I thought they the were Jewish. The Thornbirds, they're not Jewish. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's not Jewish people impaling themselves on a thorn right. out of love, yeah. which is the whole point of the story. Okay, okay. Is and the bird. I remember Richard Chamberlain saying, and for that moment when the... And he's explaining to this long love who right. he dissed and had a child with and didn't even realize it. Yeah. You don't remember the priest that was Oh, his I remember son. everything yeah. about it. I, I don't know what, like, so, so what you're describing. Well, but I'm describing that, that scene where she I comes know. to him again and she's old and, yeah. you know, and, 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 and she's mad at she's God him, and mad at him. him and, yeah. I love that miniseries. It was very, very well done. It was. So I love so, me some Richard Chamberlain. Some lighter side of, uh, of the news, a Massachusetts man went to claim his $4 million prize and he wasn't alone. Paul Riley right. uh, opted to receive a one-time payment of $2.6 million mm-hmm. of the $4 million lottery prize. Okay. Riley, being an animal lover, brought along his pupper right. with him. Uh-huh. And it looks like he's going to take part of the money that he, uh, that he won to make a donation to the Animal Rescue League. And he plans to buy his wife a new car. Okay. Yeah. The Animal Rescue League of Boston has saved over 6 million animals since 1899, according to their website. And they have over uh, 12,000 dedicated volunteers and 100 staff members. The Peabody Convenience Store that sold them the ticket will receive $40,000. Now, here's my question. Not a bad payoff. Why why don't I know the name of the dog? (laughs) I I mean... Well, maybe protecting the dog's identity. Okay. So, true story. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you Here know, Mark go. and I, Mark and I watch the true crime things, right? Right, and we're this. This probably shows that we're horrible people, but we're both watching this story about this woman who she and her husband home invasion mm-hmm. come in. She's got she's shooting back at the people. Uh, her husband gets shot. He's on the floor, so we're watching all intently. Mm. And then they announce that the dog gets shot. Oh! And Mark and I both at the same time go, "Aww!" <laughs> and so Mark said, "Let me get this straight. We've just watched a person get shot, and they're right. on the floor, and they shoot the dog, and we both in unison go, "Aww!" Like that's the. <laughs> isn't it weird well, how that'll happen? I, I I will turn a I movie understand. off. Right. If there's abuse going on, if, a, if an yeah. animal if an animal gets shot mm-hmm. or an animal is hurt, it's what turned me off of Yellowstone. Okay, yeah, because the I couldn't do it. Scene. The very opening scene, yeah. I was like, I just I can't. Yeah, I'm sure that shows some flaw in well, my watching, DNA. You know, watching Heartland. I mean, there's a lot that. of horses in that. Yeah, show. no. Mm-mm. And it and you know, I mean, you know, horses yeah. have trials and tribulations like people do. Yeah. Um, so here's another reason not to fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, passengers on an Air Asia flight leaving Bangkok, right, were you know probably hoping for you know Samuel L. Jackson to pop up when a live snake was found <laughs> in snakes, an overhead yeah. cabin. A snake in the overhead. Because I get wasn't Samuel L. Jackson in yeah, snakes on yeah, a plane. Yeah. And I, there was a sequel, I think. Hey, who goes to see that? I, I, I'm not going I'm gonna, to see that. I'm going to look that up. I'm pretty sure there was a sequel. Because you didn't get enough snakes on a plane on the first one. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing yeah, that. Yep. Yep. Uh, in a viral video, the snake can be seen slithering above the overhead cabin as crew members attempt to capture him inside an empty water bottle, so pretty small. Right. And then into a garbage bag. Right. Um, and you can see it if you want to. Right. On on Facebook, and you know I don't care how small they are. 
Look, right. there he is. There he is. Look, 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 look. No, look. I can't look. There he is. Look at him. Look at him, Mark. Look. Ah. Oh, he's long, though. He's small, but he's long. And look at that guy putting the water no, bottle up there. No, like, no, oh, no, come no, on no, in. No, the water's no, fine. No, no, no. no, it's not. I wonder if it's... Uh, it's unclear how he ended up on the plane. Right. The... Uh, the spokesperson from the airline said it's a very rare incident and our flight attendants sure are well trained to handle the situation which is true because he did I'm, deal with it very well i mean the problem is there's nowhere to go there is <laughs> absolutely nowhere to go yeah except for that me-sized hole in the side of the airplane <sighs> that i would make if i were in there <sighs> he was very small though uh, last year a south african pilot had to make an emergency landing after discovering a highly venomous cobra Hiding under his seat, uh, Rudolph Aramis said he felt, quote, something cold slide across his lower back. <laughs> and when he glanced down, he saw the head of a large cape cobra receding back under the seat. Now, see, that would, I, I don't think I could keep it together with that one. <laughs> yeah. Imagine your greatest fears. Yes, that would be it. This is number two. Uh-huh. The ones that paralyze you. Right. The cobra. The ones that render you helpless. Yep, that would do it. Snakes. Now imagine them all on a plane. Two at once. Blech. No. No. Yeah. You know all those security scenarios we ran? Mm-mm. I'm smack in the middle of one we didn't think of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got I got doodle in my I made the mistake drawers. of going to see arachnophobia. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, I think no, no. that was about spiders. Yeah. No. And I literally watched the entire movie. I was on a date. And oh, I watched, really? Okay. Yes. And I, and which is probably <laughs> the only reason I agreed to, uh, to do it. He must have been cute. I don't remember who I went with. But um, I had my feet up in the seat the entire time. <laughs> like that made a difference. I don't like spiders. I don't. Either one. And that ain't what it takes to love me. It yeah. has nothing to do with love. If you want to be loved, are you? Uh huh. It's true. It's but obviously, you know, that was what it took because I did go. I did go see the movie, which wow. I shouldn't have. Wow. Uh, here's a feel good movie. A feel good, not movie. It's a story out of Rhode Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A World War II veteran, right, received a very special gift at Christmas. Okay. Author Warwick. His home has a table of tokens and sentiments. His daughter says are very meaningful to the 96-year-old. He's got mm-hmm. his Legion hat there and his right. award for being a member of the Legion for 70 years. Right. A few weeks ago, a few more items were added after his family learned more about his life when he was a senior at East Greenwich High School. On Thanksgiving, we were here looking through some paperwork, and my son-in-law noticed that he had left high school to join the military. A lot of men did that yeah. back then. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I remember um, he served 11, 11 months in the Navy in World War II, and when Korea happened, he got drafted for two years. Okay, yeah. When we were going through COVID, my son was a senior. Okay, yeah. In high school, and he was around some some kids that were griping. This is, you know, this is the worst senior year anybody's right. ever had, mm-hmm. and it was just, just terrible, and we didn't get to do this, and we didn't get to do that. And my son, I was very proud of him, said, guys, think about what you're saying. There are people who left high school to go to World War II. Wow. To go to Vietnam. Yeah. 
and you think we've had a bad senior year? Come right. on. Yeah, just because they didn't get to walk or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, I was very you. proud of him for that because I think that's true. Well, well guess what moment. he got at Christmas? He got his, his diploma from East Greenwich High School. Isn't that cool? That is cool. So right right before Christmas, he uh, he opened it up and he saw he, he had his, they had his paperwork from 1945, his school picture, everything. Nice, very cool. We'll make this weekend awesome and today for yep. that matter. See you on Monday. Thanks for joining us.